Hey everybody, welcome to Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods, I'm here with Dylan Shore. We are pumping out the jams Halloween style and soundtrack is something we will be discussing as we discuss the faculty. Dylan, what is the faculty? Faculty, 1998 horror sci-fi film released on Christmas Day. Shut your face. Is that a true statement? That is true, which I fucking love. I love when big studios put out horror movies around Christmas time. I think it's a very smart idea. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Did you see this movie, Christmas Day? I, I think it is. Okay, it is a smart idea for sure, because there's definitely some people that want to see it. And so, like, just any horror movie, you know, anything that's not the new Christmas movie or the, like, Oscar movie. Yeah, like, Scream really started that trend for the horror. Uh, not all horror movies do well in the Christmas era, like, the Christmas time. But right. Scream was released on December 22nd, 1996, and it fucking, like, took the box office for, like, the next month. That's crazy. Was it not... Do you think it just like wasn't ready for October? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. In my head, I couldn't see Scream being released in October. Like I'm mad that Scream Three was released in uh, February of 2000, and then Scream Four was, or yeah, Scream Four was released in april of 2011 like i like i screamed in my head is has always been a december release horror film i guess that's really because i got to see the second one in theaters during christmas time and that was really significant for me my only theatrical memory of scream is being so it was 96 right 96 is the first one which i did not get to see in theaters so i would have been 11 when it came out um, but then I saw it at the second run theater around the corner that I grew up from. So it would have been you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I saw it in a theater. I saw it in like an old ass theater, you know, a single screen, real butter on the popcorn theater. Um, yeah, it was a really, you know, I'm I'm so thankful that I got to grow up that way in retrospect, because in addition to being like the movies were 75 cents, so growing up. Uh, to you know the only child to a single mother I could go to the movies regularly and not be spending the fucking budget on going out to the movies so that was really cool and then as I got older they got into repertory screenings and midnight screenings so it, it you know it's a good old theater it's the Riverview Theater in Minneapolis for anybody who might be listening if you have any way to support them, yeah, they're still. I last checked, you know, um, you know, it's a theater in COVID time, so I assume they're struggling mightily. But yeah. um, uh, to answer your question, though, I did not get to see the faculty in theaters during Christmas time. I remember sneaking into it and not being able to watch the whole thing. Like I had to go back to the other theater that. Uh, my mom was in or something like that. Sure. I just remember sneaking in and the part I, I didn't even get to see like a, a cool part. It was just them talking. And I was like, oh, I do want to see this movie. Fuck. Oh, I got to go back to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I was all alone when I went to see Scream in this theater. And what happened is it was a bunch of us that were supposed to go, you know, like all of the kids are getting together to go see Scream. Um, That sounds amazing. Yeah. And the deal was I got there early and bought my ticket and just slid through. And then (laughs) is Scream PG-13 or is it R? R. It's R, right? Yeah, they're both. They're all R. Right. So uh, listeners won't be able to tell that Dylan and I are both bearded men, but I've been this way since I was a young boy. <laughs> like I, Oh, dude, I used to get into R-rated movies when I was in fifth grade. Like they, I mean, I'm sure they would be like, okay, this big fucking kid is probably like eighth grade. Fuck it. I'll just let him go. Right. I'm in fifth grade. <laughs> right. I was sneaking into a shit ton of movies. Like they're not <laughs> thinking you're 18, but they might be buying you as like, 15, 14, maybe. Because I was a big, big kid. Right on. Yeah, I wasn't a a huge kid, but I was pretty stocky. And I also, at that point, whatever, I I won't go into it. But so, like, I looked a lot older than I was. Um, (laughs) And so I went and bought my ticket because we're all meeting everybody there. And I'm waiting in the lobby. And then it's like, nobody can get in. There's 10 of us that are supposed to go to this movie and we're all 12 year olds and none of them are allowed in except for me. And they're like, come on, come on. We're going to go party somewhere else. And I'm just like, I'm watching Scream. They sold me a ticket. So I'm going to go sit in this theater and watch Scream. Not by myself. It was a packed ass theater, but I definitely ditched out on the homies because I got I would have done the exact same thing, my friend. (laughs) And that's why we're doing this thing now. So uh, see our Screamtacular for more on Scream before we get to the faculty. Is there anything else you want to talk about? What have you been watching? I got a few. Um, I watched Adam Sandler's new one, Hubie Halloween. Don't say anything else about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that it's the most fun I've had with a new Adam Sandler movie in a long time. Yeah, like, I think it, movies are it, not that good now, but this one is, it, it hits almost like every nostalgic point you would want. They okay. bring back, pay like really close attention because they bring back so many fucking characters from Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, they're all in there. They're just shoved in there. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, okay. this is crazy. That's a delight. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, the Wife is horror adverse. So it's a real challenge to get her to watch anything Halloween related. <laughs> so I'm saving this one for like, maybe not the big night, but a big night where I know... <laughs> Yeah, it's not scary. It's no, like I know. A- I, I mean, I know, I understand it to be an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I think she'll really enjoy it. I know I'm going to really enjoy it. Everybody that I have related to about it seems to have really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I think part of it is like that. So I've actually been watching a couple of Adam Sandler movies lately. Like I watched Zohan and I, yeah, I think it's fine. It's so you know what I mean? They knew what they were doing by making it the dumbest thing possible. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and then I also watched Just Go With It. And that has a lot of funny moments, too. Yeah, and it does something it, that... It, it's like the best example of the thing that he gets criticized, maybe rightly for, which is like the vacation movie that he's going yeah. on. Yeah. But I'm also... I want to watch the vacation movie, especially right now. 
I just want to see Adam Sandler with his friends. Like this one isn't even a vacation movie. They're they do film in Salem, Massachusetts, though I believe. Cool. I think they filmed on location there. Uh, but uh, he it's just like it, that is what you want. You want to see him and his friends have fun, and fun. that's what this movie is. Just dumb fun, and yep. we're all desperate for it right now. So it's not surprising that it's striking a nerve. And beyond the dumb fun. Obviously, he's tapped into a certain amount of, well, like intensity, but also pathos that some of our more revered directors, you know, utilize to great effect. So yep. even in the moments of like, I think that's why Big Daddy is still successful in a lot of oh, people's I eyes. Love it. I love because it's a lot of people do. I really like Big Daddy also, but it's like Adam Sandler and a kid. So it's kind of the perfect use of his energy where he can be vulnerable and I don't know how to sum all this up. Anyways, I'm, I'm looking forward to Hubie Halloween and just go with it as like terrible in all the right ways. Yeah, like the one thing about it I thought that was going to be annoying from the trailer was the voice that he's doing. But honestly, the voice did not bother me that much because it's, it, it's more relaxed than how you think it would be it's not the it's not him doing that it, it's a little more calm like this and um um like it, it's it it's not super quirky but it it's a little quirky very affected but still intelligible would you say yes um and then i watched a 2016 horror film called the monster that is on netflix and it's about a uh, mother-daughter, super young mother and daughter. Like, the mom is probably 22, and her daughter is 8. And the daughter is, like, it, it, she could be 24, and the daughter is 8. Like, sure. well, that, that makes a little more sense. Uh, but still, just the very young mother-daughter relationship, and the daughter is written so well. Okay. She she's just really intelligent, very clever. She's almost the adult of the family, sure. and uh, her and her uh, her mom is taking her to go live with her dad, and they uh, uh, get stuck on a rainy road, and there's a fucking creature, and it's not like an all out creature movie. It's a a lot of just the mother and daughter kind of being stranded, being stuck in their car. Are they in the car? Yeah, and uh, like little things like having like a tow truck driver comes and then sure. shit happens with the tow truck driver. But I thoroughly, it's not the rain. Cujo in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just an alien in the rain. <laughs> uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't necessarily the scariest, but I dug the atmosphere that it created and I liked the writing. I think you would actually really like it too. Okay, I'll give it a go. Um, I I do really like a contained thriller, particularly one that relies on like sharp writing and good performances. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you're describing reminds me a bit of uh, what was the one with Barry Pepper from last year? Crawl. Crawl. I rewatched that the other night with my roommate and Sarah and. Sarah didn't really dig on it. My buddy liked it, but like was fine with it. 
I fucking love it. I thought it was even better the second time. It's cheesy as fuck. It does everything it's supposed to do. There's some good jump scares. Yeah. Fucking, it surprises me, and I still knew what was coming, like her getting her fucking leg bit and her sure. arm bit. Sure. I have it's a take on bizarre. Crawl that is like, it. Crawl is kind of like, certainly not the first postmodern horror movie ever but like of this generation so like i watched the friday the 13th movies which i'll circle back to right but the the remake in 2009 does the sort of like the texas chainsaw remake from that era and that's also the era of what like hostile and i guess saw when shit's getting really pretty bloody yeah so crawl i mean is brutal and it has that grime and grit but it is very much aware of that being the territory that it's playing in. And it yeah, definitely bloody it is, it's not that bloody. Like it's still it's still tamer. But like there's there's the realistic aspect of it. Like the an arm getting bit off, you're gonna see some fucking blood, but it's not kill bill blood. It's not fucking spraying all over the place. Right. And it's not a satire of a horror movie. It's just willing to be genuine within this kind of gritty setting in a way that a lot of those other movies aren't. I guess maybe those are the, it's like the smaller emotional stakes because it's a father-daughter thing. Yeah, anyways, uh, so dig it. Uh, Looking forward to, to checking that out. I got two more. The next one is, I don't know if you know the filmmaker Jim Cummings, he make uh, he's yeah. made a film called Thunder Road. Yeah, yeah, super low budget. Love it. It's one of my favorites. His new one just came out. It's a comedy horror. It's called right. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Right. I'm hearing only good things about it. I loved a lot of it. I thought it was really good. My buddy, who's a big fan of his, didn't really like this movie. He said it didn't really hit home with him. Okay. But I thought like the if it the the editing what they do like it's told pretty linear throughout the whole film but he does something really clever to where like you know someone's about to get fucking murdered by this wolf and she's fucking screaming her face off and you'll just hard cut into the morgue and the lead actor like seeing the body or knowing that the body is dead and then you'll jump back to the murder so that that on uh that shift in time really worked for me i because never seen that before i think if it would have been fully linear it might not have had the same effect um that sounds promising and i also am in uh i'm all here for ricky lindholm like coming up and being Mm -hmm. more part of our pop culture conversation because She's good. She doesn't overdo it at all. She plays it very naturally. I thought she well, was going to. She's a master of tone, man. She really she can do comedy. I mean, obviously she's hilarious, yeah. but she really strikes a balance and understands pacing and and volume. What you know, she's really good at what she does. So I'm like I said, I'm here for it. That's dope. I'm glad to hear it's good. I'm excited to see that one. I have almost made it a a point not to watch any. 2020 movies like i'm just i've totally regressed man i don't think i've seen a new movie since quarantine yeah yeah 
Because like you saw Bloodshot in quarantine, I'm pretty sure. Invisible Man was the last one I saw before quarantine. Um, oh, I watched Emma in quarantine. Uh-huh. But man, I really, there's a few right. of them that, man, like, you know, movies are good. I love movies, but there's so many ones that I have not, not been. Well, you're going to watch Shoopy Halloween, though. I definitely am. I uh, absolutely am. And the last one, I, whew, this one, this one was a hard one. Uh, I watched it because how did this get made? Did a special live virtual event oh. where like over 10,000 people joined in. So it was like their biggest live show they've ever done. But they decided to do the 2019 film Cats. And holy fuck me upside down in the butthole cut version of of this film it <laughs> is a oof of a movie it is so hard to get through dude the first 10 minutes i thought i had been watching it for 35 minutes the first <laughs> song goes on for so long yeah. so long and i remember seeing the play as a kid and hating it from the moment of that first song it's awful and Oh my God, it's terrible. But I must say, you gotta watch this movie because it's I've seen insane. It. Here's it's my story with cats. Are you ready? I yes. saw cats uh, around Christmas time, whenever it came out. You know, I saw it very early on. Okay, so you watched it. I watched it. I've seen it. And the reason I saw it, I was kind of, okay. I saw cats the <laughs> same day that I saw Rise of Skywalker. Oof, two bad movies. Fuck okay. that. Okay, <laughs> because I, man, I love me some Star Wars. I am a big old giant Star Wars fan. And I'm not going to get it where we'll do that a different time, the debate about all of the Star Wars things. I would but, love to do that. <laughs> that'll be like, when we're good enough to deserve a Patreon, we'll just do that. That'll I think, no, when, well, we can do a Star Wars movie. We can do Phantom Menace. Do Phantom Menace. So when we do Phantom Menace, we can just talk about all of them. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get into it. I'll just say this for now, which is that I uh, went to see Rise of Skywalker at the first available opportunity, which generally for me is like a morning screening on the Friday or Saturday. Uh-huh. Um, I did the same. Right. And so I also love to eat a bunch of edibles first thing in the morning and go watch this movies and just like let it pour over me that's what you did that i got really high and me and my buddy drank a whole bottle of champagne we had mimosas wow. in the morning it was wow. like 10 30 we had mimosas and got really high and watched rise of skywalker and i was thoroughly disappointed <laughs> yep yep so I had just a, a fucking bummer of a time with that movie and I kept trying to like it and I'm like right in the state to like it. It's worked for me before. When I did this and saw Force Awakens, I was damn near moved to tears. And Force Awakens Force is a movie Awakens that I think is like pretty good, you know, in it's, retrospect. Yeah, it's just a rehash of the first one. Like it's it's fine to watch. It, it's definitely entertaining. But the right. two after that, man, are pish posh bagosh i thought well it definitely makes um 
the fucking sec- I it raises the second one a lot in my estimation after watching the third one and after watching Knives Out later on, you know, in the same month as Rise of Skywalker, I just would way rather have seen Ryan Johnson's movies. And I think we're talking about it now. I think the reason that he's held back for now is that he's probably taking the next trilogy all for himself. I think he's creating something completely different. Fair enough. Or, you know, they're going to hand him a major portion of this property. Um, I just, I don't like that they gave him full reign to tell his own story for Last Jedi because they had certain plans from the beginning of Force Awakens and by letting Ryan Johnson take hold and to have him do whatever he wanted, he negated what they had planned. Therefore, when it came to Rise of Skywalker, it was, it became the biggest mess of a movie because they're now battling two separate stories. Yes, I think you're exactly right, but you're saying J.J. Abrams weird. Saying what? You're saying J.J. Abrams weird. I, I don't feel like Ryan, I, I agree. That no, the I, problem- don't think that, I don't think the problem lies on J.J., rise of skywalker that's all on the production because he came in super late to that movie it wasn't he came in to save that project and i'm sure his directing did save it a little bit but every the story that the producers and disney were trying to tell was a gobbledygook mess of trying to battle two other movies i have one more cohesive trilogy that's what you guys were planning for. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're totally in agreement on that. I think um, we disagree a little bit about where some of that blame belongs, but the actual issue here is that they didn't start with a plan from beginning to end and honor that. It, it just is like a crazy decision that you're going to make three movies and just be like, eh, we'll see what happens with this billion-dollar story. Maybe the next installment, who knows? And well, you know, there are other problems in terms of like, um, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher. Uh, <laughs> this is not the Star Wars podcast. Yeah, not, we can die, we can get off of Star Wars. <laughs> I forgot where t- I looked at my screen and I saw the faculty poster. I was like, oh yeah, this is the <laughs> faculty episode. <laughs> All right, so here's some movies that I have seen recently. Yes, um, shoot. Right up our alley is 1993's Hocus Pocus. Love it. I'm going to rewatch it here soon. I I liked it a lot. It's really, there's a lot to like there. It's, uh, you know, you kind of want it to be Adam's family, but it's best case, it's sort of like, not even heavyweights. What's the other one where they go to camp? <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like, eh. <laughs> It's super slight. There's like almost no plot there. And I've also been watching a lot of Sex in the City lately. And Sarah Jessica Parker is so, so good at one specific thing. And that's the only thing that she ever does. And I'm so fucking tired of watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why she's not doing much anymore. Fair enough. Uh, And so she does it all the way through this movie. And I hate it. And Kathy Najimy who is so, so so talented. Yeah, I love her. I love her too. She also only does one thing through this movie. Bette Midler, you're doing it. It's the lip. 
uh, Winnie. <laughs> it's such I a waste of talent. And, um, but Bed Midler is having the time of her life and really worth watching. And mm-hmm. it's got that great sort of like studio lot soundstage energy to it, you know? It yeah. looks great. It feels propulsive. There's the the stitch mouth man. That makeup is incredible. Oh, yeah. Fucking Doug Jones. That's right. That's Doug Jones, man. He's been doing creature shit for fucking ever. And I, I mean, dude, he's a legend for a reason. It's really, really good. It looks incredible. So it's... But for you me, want to know a movie that you should have on at a Halloween party more than you should be really actively watching. It but, like, have the volume up for, like, some good parts because when yeah. Bette Midler sings, man, you want to fucking join in. It's true. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. She's, she's having the time of her life, and when she's doing it, I'm there for it, which is not at all why I was there for this movie the first time I saw it as a six-year-old, but... I had this conversation. I was like, so the reason that Hubie Halloween is on the list is because my wife would watch Hocus Pocus, right? That's the kind of vibe that she's on. And I had this conversation where I was like, she's a musician? No, she's a Broadway person, right? That's what Bed Mittler's vibe is. She's everything. She she makes music. She does Broadway. She does like one woman shows. She fucking does movies. She does everything. Bette Midler is a tour de force. She's like magnetism contained in a human body. It's really yeah. exciting to watch. Fucking beaches, man. <laughs> Fucking beaches, man. Uh, you want to know a fun fact about Ho- Hocus Pocus? Yes, I do. The opening scene of Thackeray uh, chasing his sister who's going mm-hmm. off with Sarah Jessica Parker into the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dubbed over that actor's voice. That is not his voice in the movie. Okay. It is uh, the, 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 the voice you hear is the guy that does the voice of Max. Goofy yeah, song. yeah, that, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, because it is very off-putting. And I guess that binds us to the present, whatever, whatever. Hocus Pocus is fun enough. I've also been watching, because it's Halloween time, I, uh, in the background, I'll just put them on during the day while I'm working on other stuff, just like the franchises. So I started with Leprechaun, we've talked about that. Over mm-hmm. on Filmography, I talked about my time with Tremors. I've just yesterday, or maybe this morning, I finished the end of it. I've never finished. seen any What's of that? the other Tremors. I've never seen any of the other Tremors. I've seen the first one, but I've never seen any of the other ones. They're good, bro. I Are like, they? dude, I like them a lot. They're very campy there it's just a good time okay yeah. i definitely would watch those i think three is a soft spot and four is kind of like the back to the future three of the series okay. so if you're in for what's happening go for it and then five is a little bit like sci-fi original movie but Better than that, you know, higher production values than that, and still enough fun and, like, aware of what Tremors is and trying to take it a little different, you know. So I, I'm a fan of the series, so I, I like them a lot. Um, yeah, they, yeah, total blast. I've, I've talked about them other places. I'm not going to talk about them more here. I have been watching the Friday the 13th movies. 
Mm-hmm. Would, uh, there's a lot of ones in there. Like they're okay. they're very dull and boring. Dude. Not all of them. But what is the good one? One is perfect. Like one is a great eighty slasher, in my opinion. Strong, which, which is probably the reason why you hate. I know what you did last summer. Uh, uh, the second one is really dull. I don't like the second one that much. The third one is like a soft spot. I enjoy it because that's where the mask is introduced. Um, so the third one's a lot of fun, and then four and five I don't like. Oh, four and five I like. I wait. Which is the one, Jason? Uh, coming back. Uh, like every fucking goddamn one of them. Or is the one with Corey Feldman where Corey Feldman has to like become Jason at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then five is the one where we flash forward to grown up Corey Feldman. It's no longer Corey Feldman, but he's playing the same character. And there's like the insane asylum story or some shit like that. So the next one is Jason goes to hell. I believe so i literally just went through them so here's the thing is that i also like you could like freddy versus jason too though i'll just throw that out there freddy versus jason is the best movie that features a character named jason void (laughs) (laughs) by like a a far sight dude these movies i'm not a fan i'm not watching jason x too though i watched jason x that one is hilariously bad yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I I remember seeing that one in theaters, and <clears throat> I like me and my friends were the only ones in there, and we were dying, especially when he fucking puts the naked girl in the sleeping bag and starts like hitting her, beating up her with the tree. So insanely funny. <laughs> also, because it's shot like a children's show. Like, it's not even a sitcom at that point because the camera's, like, just a little higher than Ozu level. It, it's at, like, four feet, you know? <laughs> kind of looking up a little bit so it's not even, like, a full-on hero shot of him. It, it's very weird. And, like, they're on this, like, I don't know, fluorescently lit astroturfed set. It's so fucking bad. It's supposed to be camp, the camp crystal lake right because he goes they put him back to camp crystal lake but they're on the spaceship i can't quite remember what's going on there oh good god (laughs) also my favorite i don't know my favorite i fuck these movies but i really enjoy that the one that's called jason takes manhattan yeah yeah yeah. that that one's fun well it's fun but it's jason takes a cruise ship and then the final five minutes of the third act, they arrive in Manhattan. Like, it, they don't even get, I mean, they get a little bit into New York City, but it's like... It's probably halfway through. No, dude, it's not. I legitimately just watched them. Really? Being generous, it is the <laughs> final 15 minutes of the movie. Being That's hilarious. very generous. I think it's closer to 10. I gotta rewatch that one. That's funny. Uh, I am going through all the saws and I'm on I'm going on to five and this is where they start to get like really really dumb for me (laughs) okay I one time watched a saw movie with a dude who claimed to have never seen a saw movie but was on a lot of cocaine 
and every time one of the traps would come up, he'd just be like, oh, you just do this, 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 and this. And then that would be how they solve the trap. Yeah. <laughs> Co-fed. <laughs> Anyways. You do this, this, and this, and you'll fucking get out of the mess, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> Easy. Done. <laughs> he was right. All right. So the faculty. 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 <laughs> Written by no other uh, Kevin Williamson. My favorite man in Hollywood. Favorite person ever. And directed by your favorite director of all time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of negative on Freddie Rodriguez. Sorry. <laughs> That's the actor. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, Freddie Rodriguez is only the star of like one or two of Robert Rodriguez's movies. So Grindhouse. I just I watched Grindhouse recently. Also, I love um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it a lot too. Actually, <laughs> it delivers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm negative on Robert Rodriguez, but only because people are so positive on him. You know what I mean? I'm, I have so kind you're of a, just hating the hate. I have a bit of a hipster reaction to him. But when I think about, like, the fun that he has with filmmaking, I, it all just melts away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time I'm watching one of his movies, I'm just watching one of his movies. I'm just like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, that's, what's, what's next? Show Hell me yeah. more of, like, there's a, a, an edit in Dust Till Dawn where... I think it's a, it's either a gun cock that uses a bone break or like a face smash that uses a gun cock or no, it's a punch. There's a punch that uses a gun cock sound as like a connection point, you know? Okay. I'd have to watch that again. I like that. <laughs> it only happens, I, I might even not have that exactly right. So, you know tweet me bro or whatever but like there, there's a really easy i love his creative propulsive energy you know and cool. this movie has a ton of it you know it's got a lot of stuff going on in it actually like the more i watch it like the more i really pull like the high school alienation of it all and like the the like fear of uh feminality and Interesting. uh yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie, and I'm gonna Every put it a lot on Kevin Williams' script. Like, there's a he's playing on a lot of other horror movies, but he's also bringing a kind of unique high school experience into this story. I think that's really true, man, and I think this is maybe where Kevin Williamson's stuff is, at least for me, most favor favorably expressed. Because it's filtered through so many other lenses, and he is really expressing these very honest and accurate high school emotions, you know? But that's, that's the power of the horror genre, right? Is externalizing these things and turning them into monsters. So I'm particularly taken by the... We, we kind of touched on it when we were talking about it. I don't know if, I, if it was off mic or not, but the, the fact that the climax of this scene is basically it, or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the the thing. thing. Yeah. But, from the from the blood test on, or the drug test in this movie. Okay. On it kind of becomes the thing. 
but it, it starts off like that too because you're you're getting introduced to all these characters and then shit starts happening so yeah it's definitely modeled after the thing um i i mean it's invasion of the body snatchers much more than it's the thing but we'll circle right. back to that i want to stick sure. on this point right now which is that when it comes to that climactic moment it's not the climax of the film, obviously, but it's kind of the emotional climax. I think it is anyway, because it's about whether or not you're going to do drugs for the first time. And you're sitting around with a group of your peers and that, dude, I don't, I mean, do you remember just like how nervous you were for like the first 20 minutes after you take some serious, not serious drugs, but like some psychedelics or maybe some ecstasy? Hell yes. What's going to happen to me right now? I remember it so vividly. <laughs> so that's good. That's really good writing. And it's something that I don't know if I've seen expressed elsewhere, even within the teen genre, this evocatively. So I, you know, as, as much as I shout at Kevin Williamson, credit where credit's due, I think that's really, really good. And there's some other very strong elements in this movie. And I, I like the way that it's handled and executed. Yeah, I remember saying a few episodes back that when we were talking about I Know What You Did last summer, that I don't think Kevin Williamson has written a, a really good screenplay past Scream 2, even though I like Scream 4 and I like The Faculty. I'm going to retract that. I think this script might be up there with the screen, the his first two screens. Like, the, the, those movies are, like, equal to me. You can't you can't split one and two. They're, they both do exactly what they're supposed to do and they are fucking perfect. So I just put them together as one movie. I think the faculty is up there with those scripts. Well, we've talked about it. I think Scream 1 definitely rises above Scream 2, but Scream 2 is really, really successful. Um, and it, it's certainly like a strong one and two, but it, the faculty, yeah, if you're like of a class, I think this is really, really good. And it is the, so here's the, uh, the kind of like wedge is that Scream is really successful at like um, exploiting Kevin Williamson's meta storytelling nature. Mm -hmm. And this is better at exploiting his uh, anxiety, his sort of like high school anxieties. When we um, get to the scene where Elijah Wood and uh, is it Clea Duvall in that scene are breaking down like, oh no, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is yeah. a rip off of this thing. That scene sucks. It doesn't work. The movie, I, I, it doesn't like grind to a halt, but it's out of tone and it's wrong. And it, this movie would be better if that scene was a lot shorter, if maybe not entirely removed, because- There's a lot cut from this movie. Good, <laughs> because it, it's, it's snappy, it's working. When it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers in a high school, and we have a lot of really talented performers buying into the camp factor, it's going and it's, it's totally working. Mm -hmm. When we stop for a second, so Elijah Wood, who should be Joshua Jackson, for the record. It's shocking that that character is not played by Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson's not uh, recluse-looking enough. He's not He's nerdy not enough. small enough. Joshua Jackson is like 6'3 oh, or man. something. I think Elijah Wood kills it in this role. He's like, he's the fucking, 
like nerd hero. Okay. He, he's the, the hero. Like, he where he's hero. confidently telling us about what the movie we're in is in because yes. that's not the nerd energy, right? Yes. And there's a few scenes early on, like when he's talking to the coach where he kind of needs to stand up for himself and he does. And that's a little... Like, he does with like little snarky remarks. But then Joshua Jackson's whole vibe, man. And that's why Joshua Jackson and Kevin Williamson just like keep coming together, you know? They get each other. And I'm still holding strong. I think Elijah Wood is perfect in this role. I think he's perfect for this role, but the fact that I, I, I'm going to move past this scene, but the fact that they keep describing the movie that we're watching is a big mistake, and it's where Elijah Wood fails most, and it's where this movie fails most. Copy Moving that. On. Done. Uh, Here's some places where the movie really succeeds. Do it. Past, man. I, I want to talk about kind of everybody everyone it's a huge stacked cast and i think the adults are as good as the kids in that the adults are mostly character actors and the kids although they're kind of like the you know they're teen idols at this point they all have character actor energy so when the kind of moody weird stuff happens it totally works man Mm mm-hmm that's why Elijah Wood works in this thing. Definitely. Clea Duvall is really good as Stokely. I love Stokely's character. Clea Duvall is always so good at everything. And I'm just happy that I get to watch her. Just like, I just love that juxtaposition of like everyone thinking she's a lesbian. She's a straight woman and she just fights back that she is a lesbian just to scare off these people. Yeah. Because she's a fucking loner. I love that. I, that's it, it points to a very 90s tone in this movie, you know, where it's like, like, I don't know what, I want to kind of like pin down a phrase for this because it comes up a lot in our viewing, but it's like woke light or like half woke or you know what I mean? Like woke appropriation, you know, <laughs> like, it's still super problematic what she's doing, but she's doing it for the right reasons or you know what i mean like yeah, no i know i know what you mean yeah what oh i i like woke appropriation that's really funny that's a funny there <laughs> let's stick with that for now because we've we've talked about it on some other episodes i think the craft was a big one i don't know if we've uh that might be a lost episode we might have to revisit it but when we talked about that early on mm-hmm. there was a lot of like well they're feminist icons question mark they all change for men by the end of the movie? What the fuck? Not all of them, obviously, but like, there's a lot of that shit going on in that movie, you know? (laughs) And there's a fair amount of that here. Um, So, you know Rashida Jones? I am familiar with her. Her sister, uh, let me get her name. I believe it's Gabby, I could be wrong on that. Uh, um, anyways, she, her sister had a big, not big, but had like a role in this movie. And she's only seen in like one scene in the theatrical cut of the movie. And it's when they're looking at um, 
the alien in the fish tank and okay. she's standing next to Usher. Yeah. But there's like scenes in the trailer where like her and Usher are really close. I think Usher's role got cut a lot as well. Yeah, and crazy that Usher is in this movie for like three scenes. Yeah, and he's on the poster. Like he's, he's yeah. a huge marketing ploy. Um, but then there was this whole tie-in with Calvin Klein. Did you know this? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, so, Usher was a Calvin Klein model. That wasn't that part of his vibe at that time? The whole cast, that this was part <laughs> of the deal with Dimension, was they would do a Calvin Klein ad when this movie was coming out. Google, Google it right now. Google the faculty okay. Calvin Klein ad. Okay. And you're going to see the whole cast posing in Calvin Klein clothes. And then you'll see one girl that's like, oh, I don't remember her in the movie. That's Rashida Jones's sister who last minute must have got her role cut from the film. Oh, crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a wild ad to begin with. Mm -hmm. Kadada Jones is her name. Interesting. Hill, I'm sorry. It's Tommy Hilfiger, not Calvin Klein. But still, I'm sure you're still seeing the right photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy Hilfiger, Calvin Klein, same fucking thing. You know, they're very different, actually. Um, I'm going to defend <laughs> Calvin Klein here, just for what it's worth. That is terrible. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I mean, there there's some baggy clothes in this movie that need to be addressed. Although it is like... So this movie came out in 1998. I started high school in 1998 and our colors were maroon and gold. So seeing the football team walk around in like the baggy ass clothes yeah. with the no, jerseys I think that's, tucked in. I think that's why I have a huge connection to it because my, like, my brother was like an all-star football, uh, line, uh, not a lineman, uh, running back. Oh, okay. And, uh, his high school team was black and gold, but it, they were the Hornets. And so uh, yeah. the fact that this team was the Hornets, I always just, when watching it, put it into my head that this high school was Enterprise High School. In, in <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I just kind of have, well, all right, I have a couple of things that need to be said, which okay. is uh, one Josh, uh, Josh Hartnett's hair. Yeah, the like loose, greasy, gross hair. Well, it's like completely slicked down, except in the two points where it's just stuck out. Is it, is it slicked though? I just thought it was greasy. Who Does he actually get up and do his hair? It's a problem, man. His hair is distractingly bad. <laughs> in like everybody's doing some '90s stuff for sure. But he looks like he's wearing, like a, a a damaged helmet of a medieval archer. It looks like helmet hair. Yeah, like he's been wearing a helmet. It's kind of pressed down to his head. Besides the two little things that kind of come up right here. Yeah, it's that's not okay. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> um, and then the other problem that I have, uh, well, is just uh, Masterson in general, um, but. The yeah. fact that they're addicted to the drug, which we find out later, is just caffeine. But Mainly caffeine and some other household appliances. Uh, but it, he's calling it scat? 
yeah. these people are like, I want scat in my nose. It's like low form of fucking coke. Just like a super low grade legal form of coke. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Ca- it's caffeine. You're just describing caffeine. True. I call it coffee. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody tried to buy it, whatever. They got branding problems. Um, also, the like, is it the first day of school when we start this movie? Is that accurate? Can't be. I don't know. I see how it like you. You could feel that. You could definitely feel that. But no, I think it's like still within the like first month of school starting because the school is talking about how the the faculty members are talking about how all of their money is going to the football team and not actual academics. Right. And or a, a field trip to New York. So and the football season is like within the first. Uh, semester of yeah, it's fall time for sure um the only reason i ask is because they're like m- multiple times through this movie featured extras are just wailing on each other there's just like fights breaking out all throughout yeah, john abrams yeah it's john abrams and uh um summer phoenix Right. Yeah, I believe it's them two. And the, there are a couple that just keep fighting and arguing, but then they get turned and everything is calm and cool. <laughs> oh, no. And then there's in the very beginning when you, you're, yes. you pull up to the school and the fucking the cars hit each other and the mom gets out. She's like, you fucking bitch, why'd you hit my car? And she pulls this woman out through the fucking window. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, that's like, there's... You mentioned two of the times. There's at least one more where just kind of in the background, wild. Yeah, I want to know if there's more of that in like an ex- in the. There's more to this movie, obviously, that no one's seen. But like, I want to know if there's more people in the background fighting. <laughs> I would love it if that was just every scene, every time it's happening. <laughs> oh man, that is funny um do you have uh what else do you got man um this is one of the few like robert rodriguez releases that all of his movies all of his movies on dvd and blu-ray have crazy special features i'm sure like, commentary through the whole production learning how he got the story he'll even do like a 10 minute film school or a 10 minute yeah. cooking school and like show you what because he likes to cook for his whole crew and his whole cast. And he'll show you like one of the meals that he made for them on one of the days. Okay. And there's none of that for this. There's never been any special features. I want to know what's going on with that. Like why the fuck can't Dimension put out the, I'm sure there's insane behind the scenes footage of this movie. Hmm. Even uh, really, I have even some cut. I want to see the cut with, uh, Kadada Jones. I want to see. I want to see the more. I want to see what's more in there. I always want more Usher. Always more Usher, man. I have theories, but they all involve Kevin Williamson being terrible to be around. So he wasn't on set. Thankfully, he's just the writer. <laughs> We've uh, started Charlie Kaufman on uh, filmography. Ooh. And- I just watched Adaptation. Oh, well, it's so good. It just speaks to my heart. So tune into yeah. Filmography for more of that. 
Oh, I can't uh, wait to listen to that. Yeah, before I before I get into that. Um, yeah, so I, I do you have anything else? I got like kind of one other thing I want to say, but uh, no, go ahead, say it. It's it's just that I kind of alluded to it earlier. The adult cast is awesome in this movie. The teen cast is really really good. There, it's full of actors. So like the teens, I think Jordana Brewster is the one who you might consider a not a misfire, but her career is at this point the Fast and the Furious movies. But everybody else, I mean, Josh yeah. Hartnett had his moment, but I, he's kind of like Brad Pitt of a teen idol, where he's more of a character actor than a leading man. And Elijah Wood only does interesting things. Clea Duvall is incredibly talented. I you know, love her so much on Veep. Sean Hattesey, is he, was it on like Southland Tales? What was the cop thing that he did? Um, oh, well, I mean, oh no, I'm thinking Robert Patrick is the cop in Terminator 2. <laughs> Robert Patrick and B.B. Newworth, man. Yeah, B.B. Dude, fucking, wait, who did you say before? Uh, Southland. Sean. Okay, Sean Hattesey. He did 43 episodes of Southland, which okay, is- Okay, the TV show Southland. Yeah, which gotcha, is I've an underrated cop show. It's not, you know, the greatest thing, but I think Regina King is also on, like, 20 or 30 episodes of that mm-hmm. show it's you know it's pretty good no i like him a lot he's really good in um alpha dog as well totally yeah so and then the adult cast is famka jansen robert patrick bb newerth john stewart who i gotta say it right now when we get to his like credit scene you know because this has the intro credits for all the kids and then the closing credits for all the teachers uh-huh and he is wearing a finger cast and an eye patch and some other shit. And he's holding a donut. Yeah, in the like teacher's lounge, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they stabbed him in the eye. Yes. I don't know why he's wearing a sling, though. <laughs> it just needed to be said that that is hilarious. Um, I Piper will Laurie I- is in this damn movie. Christopher McDonald is fantastic as he always is selma hayek is the nurse i mean give me a break oh harry knowles is even in this movie i mean come on daniel van is it bargain or burgeon bargeon uh i think it's bargeon he will always be commandant spangler in my heart but he is so good at being uh, authoritative figures to youthful people yeah he's always chief grady from Super Troopers. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Who do you Super think would win the fight? Chief Grady? or Wait, isn't Grady Bill Cox? Or Brian yeah, Cox? Brian Cox. On their side, yes, but on the opposing police. Oh, the, Chief Grady? Because the they're, they're the highway police. So the state police uh, uh, bargain is Chief Grady of the state police. That's fucking funny. <laughs> Man, what a great movie. Yep. Uh yeah, no, I really love this movie. Uh I wanted to just talk about the opening scene. Do it. I love the opening scene once uh BB has to go back into her office and the coach comes in there and then he fucking stabs her hand with a pencil. Ooh, that's yeah. always been so hard to watch. I fucking ooh it 
just gets me. It gets the, me. And the shot of him, she gets to the door and the older woman's on the other side. She's like, I can't open it. And she's like, he's coming. And you just see the coach full on sprinting down the hallway, blowing the whistle at her. Oh my God. It's so terrifying. I love that scene. Dude. Also that scene speaks to the strength of Freddy Rodriguez because it's terrifying. No, nope, not Freddy. Oh my God, I'm sorry, thank you. Robert Rodriguez. Bobby. Maybe I'll just go with Rodriguez, is that fair? Anyway, um, it, it, it speaks to his strength as a director because I don't know who said it, but I once heard that a director's actual job is managing tone. And that shit is gruesome and violent and upsetting and and tense and heart pounding, but also like fun and engaging. Oh, and, and it it ends with a great line with the older teacher on the outside stabbing BB with the scissors, and she goes, "I've always wanted to do that." Like, oh, and it goes the- <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, this is a good movie. I like it a lot. I think it's got Scream. Scream is a better movie and oh, absolutely. a better script. But this is a good script and a good movie, man. Yeah, For, I, if I'm ranking horror movies, Scream goes way higher. Not probably not even way higher, honestly, but like definitely a lot higher. But if I'm ranking Kevin Williamson. This is a solid number two, and like maybe number one over Scream, over Dawson's Creek. (laughs) For shame, you besmirched the name of Joey Potter. Uh, Yeah, it's I like it's good, man. I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. What's what's not to love? It's great. Fucking a. Yeah, glad uh, you enjoyed it.